Well, good morning, Gateway family. It's great to be with you again this Sunday. Today we are on part two of a three-part series. We're talking about living a blessed life. Last week, we looked at the work of God's Spirit in our life. We looked at the blessings of a Spirit-filled life. And the reason we started with that is because, really, if we're going to prioritize things in their order of importance, our relationship with God, our faith in God, living a God-filled, a Spirit-filled life, needs to be the starting point of anything else that we build our life on top of. And so we looked at the blessings of a spirit-filled life and we saw that the Holy Spirit brings into our life the grace of God, the power of God, and the presence of God. Now, today I want to talk about the blessings of a purposeful life. Because not only is there blessing in being filled with the Holy Spirit and knowing God's presence in your life, there is a great sense of God's blessing, a great feeling of personal fulfillment in your life when you are aware that you are fulfilling the purpose that you were created to fulfill. Or to put it another way, you know, you could know God and you could have a strong faith and a strong relationship with God, and yet you could still st stumble through life not really achieving anything, not doing anything that you feel like, I was made to do this, I was created for this, this is my purpose. Y you could live your whole life doing the wrong job and l living in the wrong way that is not the way that God has designed for you, and yet still be a Christian, still be filled with God's Spirit, still know God, still go to heaven when you die, all of that kind of thing. But you may have missed out on the whole point of you being here on this planet at this time. So, a purpose-filled life. What does that mean? Well, let's just have a look first of all. I want to start off with this uh, concept that God has shaped each one of us for a unique purpose. God has shaped you for a unique purpose. Now, there's a few words there that I want to focus on. We're going to focus on the fact that God has shaped you. And we're going to focus on the fact that your purpose is unique. You know, sometimes when people say, what is the purpose of life? Uh, sometimes Christians will answer, there's a kind of set statement that sometimes Christians make, the, the purpose of life is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. It comes from the catechism that people get that statement. Okay, that might be a general purpose for everyone, but what about you? You are a unique individual. When God created you, he made you different from everybody else who is on the world, ever has been, and ever will be. You are a unique person created with God by God for a unique purpose. And so I want us to look at a scripture verse here. It's from Ephesians 2.10, and it says this, we are God's masterpiece. This is likening God to an artist, an artist who is creating a masterpiece out of our lives. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Jesus Christ 
Why? So that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Do you know that long, long ago, before the world was made, before you were born, before you were ever in your mother's womb, do you know that God had a plan for you? His plan is to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. The plans of God for your life are good. And do you know that that uh, God has already prearranged good things for you to do. Long ago, he planned out, see that Julie, see Steve, see Bob, whatever your name is, who lives in Edmonton, who lives in Florida, who lives in Australia, who lives in the 21st century, who lives in the first century. Whenever it was, wherever it was, and whoever it was, when God looks at our lives, he says to himself, there are good things There are some good things that I have planned for that person to do during their life. I planned those out long ago. And what I am currently doing is working on that person's life like an artist would. And making their life a masterpiece, making them into the kind of people who actually do those good things that I've planned long ago. Well, yeah, well, what if, they, what if they mess things up? Well, if they mess things up, I can remake them. I can renew them. You see, he created us anew in Jesus Christ so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. You know, here's, a, here's some questions for you. Do you ever f- have a feeling that there's something important that you should be doing with your life? but you're, you're just not sure exactly what it is? Or do you find that there is some area of your life, maybe it's your career, or maybe it is a hobby that you're involved in, or maybe it is a ministry in church that you're involved in, or maybe it's some other organization or objective that you're pursuing, but you have all of these things in your life, but have you, have you ever noticed that perhaps one of these areas of your life awakens your heart much more than any other? That you feel fully alive when you're doing that? That you sense like you were made for this purpose? Or have you ever looked at other people whom you regard as being successful and happy and fulfilled in life and that you think that if you want to be successful and happy and fulfilled that you need to copy them, that you need to do what they're doing? Or have you come to the realization that they might be doing the things that are uniquely designed for them but there's something different that's uniquely designed for you? They might be going down the right path for their life but you need to find the right path for your life. You see, this idea that we are God's masterpiece, think of God like a sculptor who is working with pottery and is, has clay, is working with clay. And he, is, he knows, I want to create this for a purpose. So let's say he was creating a cup out of clay. The purpose of that is for it to hold fluids to drink. So This cup becomes a masterpiece that the artist has made, not just, you know, as an ornament to be looked at, but so it can do good things. 
so it can provide drink uh, and hydration for the person who owns it. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Jesus Christ so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, if I was a potter and I was making this cup and the, the cup got messed up while I was making it, I could just knead all the, the clay back together again and create it anew all over again. And that's what God does. Let's have a look at some of these verses of scripture from Isaiah. You, Lord, are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the works of your hand. Yet you turn things upside down. As if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, you did not make me? Can the pot say to the potter, you know nothing? It would be like this cup saying, what did you make me a cup for? I wanted to be a teapot, not a cup. What kind of potter are you? Well, the cup can want to be a teapot all it wants, but it will never be a teapot. It's a cup. And it would be far better for the cup to to come to a place of peace with the fact that it's a cup and enjoy being a cup and be the best cup it possibly can be rather than to be like another piece of pottery. So you see here that the potter decides what the clay is going to become and God is the potter who decides what our purpose is going to be. Let's look on at the, the next verse. Second Timothy. In a wealthy home, some vessels are made of gold and silver and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special vessel for honourable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master's use for every good work. See when you discover what your life purpose is. See when you discover the blessings of a purposeful life you will no longer want to go and do other things that take you away from your purpose. You will find that this makes you so alive. This brings a sense of honor to you that you're doing the thing that you were created to do. What about Jeremiah? The prophet Jeremiah also speaks here in 18, chapter 18, and it says, The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Go down to the potter's shop and I will speak to you there. So I did as the Lord told me, and I found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started to make it over. Then the Lord gave me this message, O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the hand in the potter's hands, so are you in my hands. Even when we mess up and make a mess of our life, God can redo us once again. As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. And so God is the artist creating a masterpiece out of our life. We are the clay on his wheel. Now we can resist what God is doing and, uh, or we can cooperate. And it's much better to cooperate. And even when we mess things up, God will renew us and remake us because he wants his purpose to come to pass. So again, imagine I was a potter and I had some clay and I made a cup out of some clay and I made a plate 
out of the other clay. Now, the purpose of the plate is to put food on. But the purpose of the cup is to put liquid in so that I can eat from the plate and I can drink from the cup. Now, this is an example of two individuals. Change the cup and the plate to two human beings and change me as the potter to God as the potter. We're all made of clay, but God makes some of us to fulfill one purpose and he makes there are others to fulfill a different purpose. Now, if this plate didn't know what its purpose was and it saw that the cup did know what, oh, I would need to be like a cup to be successful. If only I was like a cup, I would be successful in life. If this plate thought that, it could strive and struggle to be as much like the cup as it could be, but it will never be as good a cup as the cup is. You will never be as good a somebody else as somebody else is. There's no point in trying to be like somebody else. No matter how hard you try, you will never be as good at being them as they are. It is better to find out who you are and be the best you you could be. You know, sometimes people try to do things that are not their purpose. It would be possible, I suppose, for me to put food in this cup instead of liquid, and I could eat the food out of the cup. But it's not ideal. It's also possible that I could put liquid in this plate. Not very much, though. But if I really wanted to, I could drink liquid off of this plate. But the liquid really belongs in a cup and the food really belongs in a plate. And when you use the right utensil for the right purpose, everything is much easier. And when you find out how God, the potter, what he has fashioned you to do with your life, what good things has God planned in advance for you to do with your life, when you discover what they are, it is so much easier. It becomes more effortless almost to, to do the things that you were created to do instead of trying to do the things that you were not created to do. So what these verses have been showing us is this. God decided what shape you would be. You don't decide it, you discover it. And so you don't say, well, I want to be a this or I want to be a that. You say, how have I been made? How have I been shaped? Uh, how have I been created? How's God wired me together that's uniquely different from other people? And once you know what shape the divine potter has made you, then you know where you fit in life. And when you know where you fit in life, that's where you find fulfillment. Now, I'm using this word shaped a lot. And this is what I mean by the word shaped. You have been shaped for significance. Each letter in the word shape stands for something. S stands for your spiritual gifts. H for your heart passion. A for your abilities, your natural abilities, P for your personality type, and E for your experiences. Do you know that God as the potter, who's working on your life and forming you into a unique vessel that will fulfill a unique purpose so that you can do in life the good things that God planned uniquely for you long ago, how does God shape you? Through all of these things. You know, you have a particular personality type and you have particular abilities 
in life. And some of those things actually come from your DNA, from who your parents were. Some of them are to do with nature. Others are to do with nurture. And they're to do with the way you were brought up or the circumstances of your upbringing or the, I, either the traumas that you experienced or the f- sense of safety and love that you experienced, the place that you lived, the culture that you grew up in. All of these kinds of things af- give you your life experiences. Your life experiences are different from everybody else's life experiences. Your personality type is a unique personality type. It might fall into a general personality type, but everyone in the world doesn't have the same personality type. You have abilities that other people don't have, and other people have abilities that you don't have. There are things that your heart is passionate about that make you come alive, and there are other things that you're disinterested in that leave you cold. And then when you come to faith, all of that is just by being a human being, but also when you come to faith in Christ, and like last week we spoke about the blessings of a spirit-filled life, when you get filled with God's spirit and you begin to experience spiritual gifts, you might have different spiritual gifts than other people. And so all of these things together are mixed together. They're like the different ingredients that make up the clay that God uses to form you into a unique vessel, either this or this, with a unique purpose. There are different things that you, can, that you could do in an emergency. If, you, if God has designed you as a plate, and in an emergency there's no cup around, well, you could drink off the plate, But it's not ideal. We are all capable of so much more than we actually do. But just because you're capable of something doesn't mean you should do it. Find out what you were designed to do. What your purpose is. And the reason this is so important is this. One day, your life's work will be reviewed. And one day... You'll stand before God and he will look at your life. You will review your life and you will find out whether you actually accomplished your life purpose or not. Now that's a different issue from salvation. We are saved by grace through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Our sins are forgiven. God is our father and heaven is our home. But what about our life's work and our life's purpose down here? Let me show you what Paul says in First and Second Corinthians. He says, No one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. That your salvation is bought and paid for by the finished work of Jesus Christ. But then you build your life on top of that. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials. And he mentions the same materials as he did when he was talking about vessels in a house. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal That is the the fiery presence of God. Our God is a consuming fire. This is not talking about hell fire. It's talking about the presence of God that will consume and, and purge away from our lives everything that shouldn't be there. 
Fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work, not their salvation, not their soul, but their work has any value. And let's uh, read on. He says, if the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. His whole life was a waste of time. Now, the builder himself will be saved because you're saved not by what you do, but by what Jesus Christ already has done. The builder himself will be saved, but he blew it, basically, with regard to his whole purpose for coming to this world. But like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done while in this earthly body. You know, there are many passages in the Bible that tell us about these facts. The facts that God has given us gifts and talents and abilities, that he has designed us for a unique purpose, and one day we will give an account before God to see what we have done with our life. You know, and if you spent your whole life, if God made you a plate and you spent your whole life trying to be a cup, you never wear a very good cup. But if you decided the potter has made me a plate and I am going to be the best plate that I can be, you know, maybe you're an introvert and that you think I, I need to be an extrovert to, to do what God wants me to do with my life. Or some extroverts think they need to be introverts. Or uh, some people who are gifted with lots of natural abilities to help and serve and bless other people uh, look down upon themselves because they don't have the gift of prophecy or healing or something like that. You know, we need everybody to be different. If all Christians were exactly the same, you are surplus to requirement. We don't need you. But if we're all unique and different, then we all need one another. And there's one passage in the book of Romans that tells us how to live a purposeful life. And here's what it says. He says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So remember, you have a body, a mind, and a spirit. You're created in the image and likeness of God, who is a trinity, and you're a trinity. Spirit, soul, and body spirit, mind, and body. And so he says, with your body, you want to present your body to God. The way to worship God is to truly live in the body, living the life that you were designed to live, the life that pleases God, the life that fulfills your God-given purpose. And then he says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So you have to do something with your mind. You have to change the way you think. Don't 
copy the behavior and customs of this world. You see, this world will tell you, if you want to get ahead, do this. If you want to be successful, do that. If you want to earn a lot of money, then copy that person who earned a lot of money. If you want to achieve a certain thing, then copy that person that achieved a certain thing. Be like other people. Keep up with the Joneses. You know, the Joneses might be doing what's right for them, but it might be wrong for you. Don't copy the behavior of this world. Don't try to get on the rat race and be like everybody else. Do something different. Be, let God transform you like from a piece of clay into a vessel with a purpose. Let him transform you, your life. And how does he do that? As you change the way you think and begin to think of yourself as a unique creation of God with a unique God-given purpose, not the same as everybody else. He says, by changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you. You can learn to know God's will for your life. You, you can get to a place where you find it easy to know what God's will for you is. And God's will for your life is God is not going to make you do something that you hate, something you don't like, something you're not gifted at, something you're not good at, something that doesn't fulfill you. God's will for your life will bless you. There is a blessing in living in the will of God. There is a blessing in a purposeful life. Look, you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And then he goes on and he says this, because of the privilege and authority given to me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. You know, some people might be made to be a plate and not only do they want to be a cup, but they want to be a cup and a plate. You know, they, they say, well, okay, I'm a plate and I want to be a plate, but you're a cup and I also want to be a cup. I, I, I want to be everything. You know, and it, so it's saying here, you're not everything. You can't do everything. You can't be everything. You've not got every gift. You've not got every skill. Hopefully, you've not got every personality type at the same time. Hopefully, you've only got one personality. And so you cannot be everything. So don't think that you are more than, than you are. He says this, be honest in your evaluation of yourself. One of the ways that you discover God's will and live in the blessing of a purposeful life is honestly evaluating yourself. Who am I? What gifts has God given me? What personality type has he given me? How has God wired me? How has he formed me. It says here, be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by the faith God has given us, just as our bodies have many different parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. And then he goes on to talk about gifts. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. There are certain things you do well. There are certain other things you do badly. Because you're just like everybody else. We all do certain things well and certain other things not so well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. 
If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. You see, this passage is actually the key to helping you live in the blessings of a purposeful life. So just to recap everything that I've been sharing today in kind of like uh, three main points, here they are. Here's three keys to discovering God's will for your life. Number one, consecrate your entire life to God. Give your body as a living sacrifice, to use the words of that verse. Consecrate your entire life to God. If you want God to bless you, don't be holding parts of your life back from him. Consecrate your entire life to God. Make sure your life is on a solid foundation. So that when you do start getting blessed, you're not going to crash. And, and, and like be like a shooting star that soars and then explodes and disappears from view. So you want your life to continue to go from step to step, faith to faith, glory to glory, and victory to victory. And so make sure that you have consecrated your entire life to God. Spend some time in introspective prayer and give everything to God. Number two, fill your mind with the positive guidance you have received. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Fill your mind with all the positive guidance you've received about what your your purpose might be, what you might have been created to do. It might be promises from God or from Scripture or experiences that you have had in life that have made you think, I think I'm made to do this. This this just seems right to me. And of course, honest self-evaluation of who you are. And number three, discover your God-given gifts. That is what you are naturally good at, you enjoy doing, and you're productive at. If, if If something just comes easy to you, and if you thoroughly enjoy doing it, And if it actually produces good results, there's a big key that you were designed by God to do that one thing. You know, if you were to do these three things at the beginning of a journey of discovery, and then every year or two, do them again and make sure you're on the right track, consecrate your life afresh to God, begin to fill your mind afresh with all the guidance that seems to be suggesting that your purpose is one particular thing, and then honestly evaluate your shape, your gifts, your skills, your personality type, all of that stuff. That will help you know what you were made to do and what you weren't made to do. And there's always some things that we weren't made to do that we need to do. You know, maybe you weren't made to wash the dishes. Maybe you weren't made to clean the house, but maybe you need to do those things. There's always some things we need to do that we weren't made to do. But there is nothing like the times when we are able 
to focus on doing the things that we were created to do. It makes you come alive. There is so much blessing in it for you personally. And it, it gives you such a sense of fulfillment. And it also meets the needs of other people. And it blesses them as well. So let's just stop now and pray that God would begin to lead us in this new journey. Father God, I pray for everyone who is watching this video and listening to this message today. May all of us today begin a new journey, a journey of self-discovery, a journey of self-realization, where we discover the things that you made us to do, the people that you made us to be. When we discover our gifts, our God-given passion, our unique personality, what makes us come alive and what will bring fulfillment in our life. I pray that every person who has listened to this message over the coming weeks and months will be led deeper and deeper into a full discovery of their purpose for life and that they will truly know the blessings of a purposeful life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Wow, what a wonderful message from Pastor Martin this morning. As, before we close today, I want to encourage you guys, though, to connect with us. Uh, we know that self-isolation can be tough and we want to hear from you guys. We want to know how you're doing. So I want to encourage you, fill out our connect card in the links above or if you have a prayer request, fill out our prayer card. As well, if you're a parent and you have kids, I want to encourage you to check out our kids' resources. Our Gateway Kids team has done a fantastic job of creating curriculum and videos for your kids to go through. So check those out in the links above or below down in the comments. As well, lastly, I want to thank Gateway, the Gateway family once again for your generosity. We've been blown away by, by your continued generosity and support for this church. So I want to encourage you guys to continue to support the mission of Gateway and what we're doing and support the families in need in our church by clicking the give button above or below down in the comments. All the money you give will go to support our church, support our mission, and support the families in our community. All right, church, that's all I have for you guys. Have a great rest of your Sunday.